Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. What is going on, family Mosaic Church? You guys alive? Are we awake today? Can we make some noise? I can think we can get a little. Can we make some noise? Come on, I know it's Thanksgiving. Y'all still getting, you know, back in it after the long food and the great stuff. But hey, I'm excited to be here. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest today. It's been a while since I've actually been very excited to speak. Um, if we're being transparent, which we will throughout the day, um, it's, been, it's been a journey for me, just like I'm sure a lot of you guys here. It's been a crazy couple years. And um, Eric asked me to speak a couple times when you've spoken before. I was like, sure, yeah, I'll do it, just to do it. Um, this time he was like, hey, I'd love to like bring you up and like kind of interview you and you can kind of maybe, you know, share whatever you want from your heart. And I was like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm gonna need to take the whole, the whole, the whole message. I'm, gonna, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna need to take it. So uh, for those who don't know who I am, my name is Josh Olson. Um, I'm honored to be here. I'm really excited. Again, for those tuning in online, thank you guys for being here or watching this later. We're glad that we get to do this. Uh, do not take technology for granted. But as I said, guys, I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, again, you could be anywhere on this Thanksgiving weekend. You decide to hang out with us today, so we're su- super thankful for that. And as Eric mentioned, we're going through a series called Upside Down Kingdom. And kind of what that video was talking about is we're just going backwards through the gospel. And the whole thing about this upside down kingdom that's really sweet is Jesus was a really an upside down type of king. He really was. I mean, he, he did things different. He was not your, your, your original king. He, he was different. And he came to serve, not to be served, right? We've talked about that. He, he died so that we could have life. He hung out, as the movie said, with those type of people. Yes, those type of people. And I love that because we have a church with those type of people. Like, we've all messed up. Like, we're all sinners. So we get to be here together and embrace Jesus. He stood up for the lowest and put the highest in their place. Man, I'm telling you, Jesus was a different type of king. And so I'm really excited to, to dive into this passage today. It's really close to my heart, especially over the last couple of weeks, actually. It's been something that God, God's been putting on my heart. And, um, you know, we're going through the gospel, going backwards, and eventually we're going to end up getting to Christmas, right? And I'm not going to lie, I love Easter. I'm a huge Easter fan, but you can't have Easter without Christmas, amen? And so we're going to be doing that. But today, we're going to dive into Matthew 4. So if you have your Bibles, as Eric says, fine to be on your phones in church, great. If not, I'm going to have it right here for you guys as well. But we're going to be diving into this passage. It's really close to my heart right now. I'm really excited. And my prayer today, church, whether you're online, you're tuning later, or you're here right now, is that you really understand at the end of the day who you are and how much God loves and cherishes you. If there's nothing else that you hear, I want you to know that after this message. So let's dive right in. We're going to dive into the battle between Jesus and the devil in the desert. So then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Amen. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every single word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of all of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, 
in case you didn't hear me the first time, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. At this point, we can tell Jesus is not scared of heights. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you'll just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, get out of here. For it is written, you shall not, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Man, I'm trying to tell you. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels then came and they were ministering to him. Would you guys pray with me real quick? God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this time. We can just dive into your word for the next 30 minutes and just hear what you have to say to us, God. Let us not come here and then leave the same way, Lord. We ask you to speak to us in a whole new way. God, we love you. We're excited for who you are. God, thank you so much for letting your holy team, the Vikings, beat the Packers last week. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Holla at your boy. Got to sneak it in there when I can. All right, so real quick, church, as I usually ask when I speak, this is, a, this is a safe place, right? Like, we're family. None of us have life figured out. We've all, you know, admit that we go through struggles and stuff. And so I'm going to be honest. I don't need no judgment today. Don't give me those judgmental eyes. To those Like, just, just work with me here. So I have two amazing children. Here they are. They're, 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 I'm biased. They're models. They're beautiful. They're here today. Uh, Paxton and Kinsley. Paxton is five and Kinsley is two. And uh, man, I honestly love, love my kids. I think they're absolutely gorgeous. I'll take 20% of that gorgeousness. Uh, it's like an 80-20 situation with my wife. She gets more of the credit. But um, one of the coolest things about being a parent, for all you parents out there, or any you know, parents that know the, the kids' situation, is watching your kids grow into their personality. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fun to see them start realizing, like, okay, this is who I am, and I can have this type of attitude, and this is how I kind of go in this way. And then I realized, as amazing as that is, God then also has a very funny sense of humor when he likes to start showing yourself in your kids' personalities. Does that make sense? Any grandparents here love and know this. When they show up for Thanksgiving or Christmas and they watch you try to parent yourself when you were a kid, right? Like, they're like, ha, I remember when Josh was like that. My parents, every time they're here, they just sit back and laugh when I'm trying to run around after my kids. They're like, yeah, comes around, right? It's one of those things. And honestly, I, I, I do love my kids. They, they're, they're absolutely amazing. But let's just say uh, they, are, they, they are special. We're just going to go with that word today. I was thinking of the right. They are special, especially when their sinful, uh, wonderful minds start cooking and the mischievous mindset and personality start to begin. So to kind of break it down, my son Paxton, he, um, he, he's amazing. He has his own type of mischief. This is kind of just who he is. It's really sophisticated. Like it really is. He's too smart for his own good, and that's the problem. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, my notes say, Wow. I'm just going to say that. Uh, my daughter, again, I, I love her. And, and don't get me wrong, I love my babies. But, but Kinsley's level of testing me is not of this world, okay? It is, it is another level. When I tell Paxton, you know this, buddy. When I tell Paxton to do something, he realizes very quickly how serious I am, right? He's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to stop. He might ask some philosophical question afterwards to kind of get, you know, the basis of why we're having this discussion. But he, he's, he's very responsive. He knows to stop when to stop. When I tell Kinsley to do something, my beautiful daughter, this is what happens. She first pretends not to hear me, right? Selective hearing is key. Then proceeds somehow with half of her brain to look at me and the other half do exactly what I told her to stop doing. It's just one of these moments, right? It doesn't stop there at church. So then after that, and she starts realizing that I'm kind of getting a little more serious. My voice might be getting a little bit louder, okay? She starts having the guts to look at me and say, dad, 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 stop. 
Like, girl, you, I brought you in this world. I'm going to take you. No, I'm just kidding. But like, it's like, I don't, I don't know where she gets it from. I actually probably do. But it's one of these things where my daughter is, is, is another level. Uh, uh, and I've had to find that patience, right? Parents out there, you know what I'm talking about, to find how to godly parent my kids. But I'll tell you something, the temptation that comes into my mind when my kids talk back to me is not always holy, okay? We're not judging. We're being honest, right? It is weird how kids can push you to a level where it makes you get so angry you want to lash out or yell or whatever. It's a very real thing. Perfect example, Thanksgiving was just the other day and kids were playing around and they're kind of getting a little rough house and you let them do their thing. But I was like, you all need to chill out. Someone's going to get hurt. Sure enough, jump ahead in the story. My daughter sits up too fast, bonks her head on the table and gets hurt. And I'm like, stop it. Like I just yell, right? Because that's what, well, that's what we do. None of you guys, because you're perfect parents. But I'm like, stop it. And then it was one of those moments where my wife looked at me and just kind of smiled. Have you ever been so angry that it's funny? You know what I'm talking about? You start hearing yourself and you're like, ah, uh, yeah, I need to chill out. But I'm telling you, church, there's something that happens in my heart, the temptation that happens in my heart when my kids have the guts to come back at me. And so I started realizing something. Giving into temptation, I need you to hear this, giving into temptation or resisting temptation is probably the number one thing that can affect your relationship with God. I'm just being honest. It's not a make it or break it type of situation because thank God he has mercy and grace for our stupidity. But temptation is no joke, church. It's no joke. Even if you think about your whole life and when you were a kid and where you are today, a lot of the the places where you've come from and who you are today come from either resisting temptation or giving into temptation. Let's just be honest, right? If you don't believe me, let's take it back to the very first story of mankind, Adam and Eve give in to temptation, and it changes the whole world. Guys, temptation is no joke. And so the big question today that we're going to break down is how do we fight back against temptation? It's every day. Every day we're hit with temptation. So how do we fight back? How do we fight and win this battle? Because I've tried. I've tried by my own doing, my own style. It doesn't work. So how do we fight back. So I'm going to show you. You're welcome. Glad you're here today. We're going to, we're going to dive in. So real quick, before we dive in back to the scripture, I want to make sure we're on the same playing field, right? Everybody here knows that everything about how Jesus lived is for us to model after, right? Can we just all get on the same page? And the reason I say this is because I feel like a lot of times we put Jesus as an idea, or in a box, so to speak, as if, you know, whatever happened to Jesus, that was Jesus' situation. Like, he, he's, he's the son of God. He can handle that. That's different. That's not for me. No, it is for us. It is for us. Everything that Jesus went through is for us to model after. The fact that Jesus was able to go through things and overcome them, he's now given us the tools to do the same. Don't for one second think that, all oh, that was just Jesus, that he's, he's, he's different. Yes, he's the son of God, but the reason why he came to earth was to show us how to get through this stuff. And so for no second as we dive into this, don't you think, well, that was Jesus. It was, a, it was a different situation. No, this is real stuff. So let's dive back into the passage. We're going to break this thing down. So I'm going to go backwards here. Tell me when to stop. Tell me when to stop. There we go. All right. So we're diving into the word. Matthew 4, verse 1. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We're going to pause right there. Sometimes the Lord needs to show us and remind us how much we need him. 
I just, come on, I mean, we're, we're going. I'm not playing today, people, okay? So sometimes the Lord needs to remind, at least me, church, how much I need to rely on God. It's not like he's setting Jesus up for failure. He doesn't set us up for failure, but a perfect example is, again, going back to me as a father. There are moments where I parent my kids that sometimes they have to make mistakes to learn. They have to get hurt to then rely on me. I don't love it. It's not fun, but they need to understand that, hey, they need need that authority. They need that parenting for my wife and myself. And I feel like it's the same way. He's not setting us up for fail, but sometimes we need to realize that we need more of Jesus. How many people here need that reminder today, already right now, that we need to tap into what Jesus has? And it goes ahead as it says, after fasting for 40 days, church, and 40 nights, he was what? He was hungry. Try to tell you, I love how the Bible proves how human Jesus was. This verse shows exactly that this dude had a stomach and he was hungry and needed to be fed. And who knows here, church, that when you are hungry or hangry, you are most quickly to give in the most any type of temptation very quickly. Amen. Like you just know if your stomach is not full, like you are going to dive into whatever you need to dive into. But obviously, we're going to talk more in depth with that. What are you hungry for today, church? What are you hungry for today, church? What is it that you're going through life so much through and and you want to give that attention to position or power or respect or money or status? What are the things in life that you hunger for and you start realizing, man, I just feel just as hungry. I keep going after all this stuff and I'm, I'm just as hungry. What are you hungry for today? It's just some food for thought for you guys. Got it. There you go. Some of you caught that. So we're going to go through this passage. We're going to go through this battle. She just got it. We're going to go through this battle. <laughs> and my goal today, church, if you're taking notes or if you're diving in, I want you just to realize these three big moments that, the, that Jesus and the devil go through. And I want you to specifically see how Jesus responds. That's the whole point here. Three different situations, three different temptations, and how Jesus responded with truth. And we're going to break it down. I'm hopefully going to give you guys some tools to move forward so that when you do fight temptation— you know how to fight back with truth. So let's go to war. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? We're going to dive in. And if you for a second, if for any moment, don't think that you're literally at war for your life every single day, then you've already given into the biggest temptation in the whole entire world. There is nothing that the devil wants more than to destroy your life, your personality, your well-being, and your eternity. And so we're going to go to war today. And I'm, I'm, I'm already goosebumping excited. I'm ready to go. And I only had like a cup of coffee. So we're, we're about to get down. All right. So the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. All right. So he's, he, he comes at him right away. He says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the tempter comes to Jesus, goes for his stomach right away. He just comes at his life right there. And then he's like, hey, if you're hungry, why don't you just change the stones to bread? You could do it. Why don't you, you know, fill your stomach up and live after being hungry for 40 days and 40 nights? And so I want to label this temptation the temptation of earthly well-being. Okay, so if you're taking notes, we're labeling this the, the temptation of earthly well-being. Because the devil loves to hit you where it hurts. The devil loves to come at your life. He will come exactly the way he's supposed to. And so in ways such as, oh, if I just had a different spouse, things would be so different. 
Oh, if I just had a different job, then, then things would be so much more better and successful. If, if I just hung out with those people and hung out with that status, then yeah, I could have that status and, and be like those people. Or if I went to a different church, I'm not playing today, I'm trying to tell you, then, then I would find Jesus. Then things would be so much better if I just found the right church. And, and, and how many people know that a lot of times the devil can hit you with truth when really it's a temptation, it's a lie? He's crafty. He's dangerous, right? Just like he came at Jesus. Yes, Jesus could easily have changed those stones to bread. No problem. It's true, but it's a temptation at the same time. So again, a lot of times the devil will hit us with truth and with positivity and things that sound good. Catch this church. But really, it's a temptation not to trust the guidance and the wisdom of our Heavenly Father. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times the devil will come to you with what sounds like truth and sounds like positivity, sounds like a good thing. But really, it's the temptation not to trust God's guidance and his wisdom. So it goes on, it says, he was hungry. It was true. And this is how Jesus responds. I love it when Jesus speaks up. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every single word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil comes at Jesus with some type of truth, but then Jesus responds with the real truth, the gospel. I have a question today, church. How different would our, tempta- our battle against temptation be if the very first thing we did was responded with Scripture? I mean, I'm serious. Like, if you're anything like me, I don't do that. When I get hit with temptation, I go to like, okay, Josh, you got this. Like, no, 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 just, just say no, just say no, which is good, right? Like, you're fighting it. But I don't, like, go to the Word of God, and when I feel lonely or that, that I don't matter, I don't go to John 3, 16 and say, no, 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 God died for me so that I could have life. Like, we don't, we don't do that, church. Maybe you do, and you're better than me, so that's maybe not your issue. But we don't go to the Word of God when we're hit with temptation. But I promise you, just like Jesus did, your temptation battle would look so much more different if the very first thing you do when the devil tries to hit you, you open this thing up and respond back with this. Just trying to tell you, this is, this is real stuff that I need to get better at too. But he, Jesus responds with truth, with the Bible, with scripture, the power that's in the word of God. That's how Jesus responds. And what I love here is, is Jesus is, is ultimately saying that as you're trying to hit my hunger in my stomach, I'm not so much worried about my earthly well-being at this time. I'm way more focused on my eternity. Come on, church. I'm trying to tell you, I'm not playing today. Jesus is saying what's more important than me being fed right now and me feeling better right now is my eternal life with God. I always tell people for the longest time, even when I was a youth pastor, I was like, man, if we as a human race just understood eternity that much more, our whole life would look different. So many times we get wrapped up in what's happening right now instead of our forever. And this right here is how Jesus responds. So, Again, the devil hits us with the temptation of earthly well-being, and we, we respond with the fight back of well-being in eternity. So I have that for you guys right here. We're going to go back and forth a few times. So the temptation of earthly well-being, we fight back that temptation with eternal well-being. So then we're going to go back to the story. So this is like a three-part battle, right? One, Jesus, tempter, zero. Best out of three. Let's go back to work, okay? I'm just going to read it so I don't have to go back and forth, so just follow along here. So verse 5 says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you really are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, uh uh-oh, it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, and lest you strike your foot against a stone. The devil is so crafty, people. He is so smart. He comes back to Jesus with scripture. 
Come on. Like, he knows the scripture. He's slick. He's no dummy. Like, the dude knows what he's doing. The devil will always tempt you with what you're most easily tempted by. He will always tempt you by what you're most easily tempted by. He's the prince of the earth, and he knows how to get you tempted. So, for example, to break this down, if you're not so easily tempted by maybe the love of money, the devil's going to hit you with pride. If pride's not your struggle, then he might hit you with self-worth. If self-worth isn't really your issue, he's going to hit you with addiction. If addiction isn't your, is really your thing, he's going to hit you with anger, lust, or greed. The devil's going to hit you with what is most tempted by. Does that make sense? A lot of times I know we can sit in church and we can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this passage, this isn't really for me. I, I got that unlocked. Like, I'm good, right? I don't really have that issue, right? But you got other issues. <laughs> we got other problems. We got other situations. And that's where the devil is going to hit you. He's crafty, and he knows where to hit you, where it hurts. So I want to label this temptation the temptation of status. This is for somebody today. The temptation of status. The devil will hit you with what you need to be thinking. So he's either going to say, hey, you need to be well-known, or you're lonely, or you're by yourself. Or you need to have some type of high status, or you're nothing. Especially in the American culture, man. I'm trying to tell you, this is real stuff. Because I don't care what you say, it feels good to be recognized. It feels good to be recognized. It feels good to have some type of self-worth. And that's okay, but, but can I share something with you today, church? This is kind of some heavy truth, but there's always going to be someone's faster and stronger and more wealthy and better well-known than you. Ouch. But there always is. There's always going to be someone that's better than you. But check this out. There will never be another you, ever. You are enough. So stop worrying about other people. I'm speaking to myself too. Stop worrying about people, man. Just be you. You need to focus on yourself. You are awesome. You have a fingerprint that's literally one of a kind. You have the DNA of Jesus in your blood. This is who you are. So you need to just focus on yourself. Don't worry about anyone else. Just focus on yourself. So the devil is, is comes to Jesus with this, this, this temptation of status with another side of Scripture. Jesus then responds, Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Boom. He said, don't come at me with status. I'm going to let you know who I am. Don't come at me with status and say, here's what I need. No, I'm the Lord your God. That's my status. Boom, roasted. That's just how it goes. Jesus responds back with scripture. He tries to come at Jesus. He's like, no, that's not true. I'm going to remind you who I am and actually have authority over you. Jesus comes back at the devil's temptation with the response of authority. How many times have we done that, church? Where when the devil's sitting over stuff, we're like, no, I know who and whose I am, and this is truth, this is real. I am a son and a daughter of God. Let me remind you, devil, of my authority in Christ Jesus. So I want to say we fight back that temptation with divine authority. You need to remind yourself and the evil one who you, whose you are. So, Score, setting at 2-0. Advantage, Jesus. All right? Again, going back to the story, round three. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. Like I said earlier, Jesus is not scared of heights, so he brought him to the high places of all kinds and showed him all the kingdoms of the, of the, of the world and all their glory and said to him, all these I will give to you if you just bow down and worship me. And so I want to label this the temptation of wealth and power. This one's big for somebody. This is the temptation of wealth and power. Everybody enjoys some type of power, 
That's just the way it goes. We are, we are made in that way. I don't care who you are, but when this song comes on, you just, you just get right. Like you're like, I do, I can do anything. Like this is, I'm in it, I'm in it, right? So I'm trying to tell you, it's a real thing. We, we all desire this, this power, right? Like you hear us talking about power, like yes, anything's possible, right? But it can get twisted very quickly. We all like some power. But I want to label this again, the temptation of wealth and power. I need to tell you, like, this is a serious thing, especially for my life. It's really fun to be recognized and to have some wealth and power. But the devil comes to Jesus and he's like, here's all this stuff that I can give you, which is really ironic because Jesus already has all that stuff. How many people know that we can, that when the devil tempts you, your reality can change very quickly. You can know what's true. You can know the truth. But for some reason, how the devil hits you, you're like, oh, no, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not right. For example, suicide, just being honest. People can go through this whole thing thinking, even though they know that their family might love them or there's friends around them or surrounded by a loving church, but they can still feel alone. They can still feel that they're by themselves. The devil loves to do that. He can be like, yeah, that's true. This is written in the Bible, but check this out. He does this thing where he just twists things. Even though Jesus owns all of that, he's like, hey, I'll give you all this stuff. And I think at this point, the de- uh, Jesus is just absolutely fed up with the devil. And I love his response here. He says, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall, not, or you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And at that point, the devil left him and the angels came and were ministering to him. So at this point, it's game over. Jesus won, 3-0, not even close. And church, I believe there comes a point in your life and in your temptation battle where you just literally need to say, in Jesus' name, Satan, get out. Like, honestly, instead of trying all these different things, why don't you say, hey, Satan, step, get out of here, be gone in Jesus' name. I don't need to hear any of this garbage anymore. I'm tired of it. You've tried three different times. I'm good. Bye. (laughs) Right? Like we need to have that authority and that confidence knowing that when he hits us with this wealth or this power, any of these temptations, we say, hey, by the power of Jesus, be gone. And the power of Jesus, get out of my mind, get out of this situation. And so I want to say we fight back wealth and power with worship and serving. I'm not trying to be this cliche church preacher right now, but I'm being honest there is something that happens when we worship and we, we serve. And essentially what goes on is we humble ourselves in the temptation of feeling that we're all that. Because we are in Jesus' name, but you're not as cool as you think you are, church. I'm not as cool as I think I am. And I need to be humbled every single day. And I feel the most humble when I am worshiping the Heavenly Father and serving other people. There is something that happens when we serve. Doesn't matter what it looks like, but just how Jesus modeled his life, he came to serve, not to be served. He humbled himself, all right? Worship team, you guys can start coming back up. We gotta understand that we need to fight back against wealth and power with worship and serving. It will change your life. So as the band comes up, I'm not totally done, but I wanna give them a little time to come through. And I wanna address one last thing as we, as we wrap up today. Um, as I was going through all this, the, the, this, the passage and, and just kind of writing stuff, stuff down, with the three different ways to fight temptation, I believe that the last one that I'm going to share here is the absolute best way to fight temptation. 
If you notice, two out of the three times it was highlighted in, in the screen, the devil comes at Jesus' identity right away. He says, if you really are the son of God, he knows, the devil knows, but he says, if you really are the son of God, then this. He comes at his identity right away. So I want you to pause for a second. And I actually literally had this in my notes. I said, okay, I'm going to share this story if there's time. And yes, there's time. So a couple weeks ago, I was able to uh, attend a, a men's retreat. And I, I've taken kids on youth retreats. I've been a part of men's retreats, but I've never gone to a men's retreat, like just for myself, okay? So I, just like, you know, any person might, I went being like, yeah, okay, God, like, I'm here. I'll listen if you got something for me, but I'm good. Like, I feel pretty good. My marriage is great. My kids are great. My life is great. Like, things are good, right? That's where it gets you, right? And so I remember even literally texting my wife, like, after the first day, I was like, ah, I wish I was home. It was the last weekend where it was like 57 degrees, and I was like, I could be golfing right now, you know? That's just my temptation coming. But I was like, I should have stayed, babe. Like, I miss you. I miss golf. I miss the kids. Not in that order, but uh, I was like, I should have stayed. I don't think this is for me. I'm like, there's other people that need this. There's other people that need this retreat, but, I, but I'm, I'm good. And uh, basically, it's this, it's this whole retreat that talks about how the identity of man has been lost, how it's been stolen, abused, and changed over the years. And it's this guy called John Eldridge. It's, 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 a, it's a series called Wild at Heart. Some of you guys might know this. And um, like I said, first session was okay. And they, they do all this, this amazing job of like bringing in these great movies, these like very manly movies like Gladiator, Braveheart, and kind of talk about the gospel story within that. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like that'll preach. And then they start going through this, this, this boot camp of rigorous like heart training. And I remember um, they hit this session. Well, the, first, the, the second one was um, the poser. And I hate that word. I'm like, I'm not a poser. I'm not a poser. Poser is the worst. And I realized in that session, I was like, oh, snap, maybe I am a poser a little bit. But the biggest one was the third session called the wound. And I remember I was talking to some buddies after the first two sessions. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. Like, whatever. I don't really know if this is for me, though. Like, it's cool. Like, I'll just see what happens. And one of the guys that was actually there told me to shut up and just wait because he knew God was going to do something. <laughs> does that a lot in my life. And uh, he said, Josh, just, just wait. I was like, all right, cool. So the wound happens. And basically what happens, if you've seen the movie The Kid, um, there's this whole, series, this whole, um, this whole part that, that shows that everything that's happened in a man's life and, and even in, in a woman's life too can stem from a wound. There can be some, some struggle, some pain, some hurt that, that comes from a wound or multiple wounds that you've suppressed or that you forgot about, you kind of just blacked out or blocked out. And um, I realized very quickly that one of the biggest wounds that I've been struggling with for 30 years of my life was that I felt that I was unwanted and not valued, believe it or not, right? And people tell me all the time, man, thank you, Josh. I love you, Josh. I'm proud of you. But just like I said, the devil can do something where you can hear the truth, but believe the lie. It's a weird thing. And in my situation, it was with my father and, and my dad, he's, he's a wonderful dad, but he's more of the tough love type of dad. And as great as he was, I knew he loved me, but he didn't really do the greatest job of telling me he was proud of me. You know what I'm saying? So kind of like Jesus, like we know he loves us, but when was the last time you heard he was proud of you? And I'm gonna get to that in a second. And so my whole life, everything that I did, every temptation that I gave into, every sin that I committed really stemmed from the idea that I just wanted to be wanted. I just wanted to be, 
you know, that guy. I wanted to be that athlete, that student, you know, that boyfriend, whatever, right? And I, I wanted that recognition and that affirmation. So my whole life, I was believing this lie. And I saw that Jesus found that wound. And when he finds that wound and when you're willing to address that with Jesus, he will just be like, boom, right? Like he, he, will, he will do work. It's like if you have a knot in your back, he will find it and just, right? At least in my life. Because for 30 years, I believed this thing. And for 30 years, I acted this type of way. And so he, he just, he, he finds it. And I'm like, okay, let's do work. And I was just broken. After every session, we have this time to just think about what God has told us and we have this alone time where you're literally not supposed to talk to anybody and I just sat and I just cried I was just bawling my eyes I'm talking like nasty crying not cute at all right and I just God just started telling me like here's what you've been believing your whole life and like here's what I need you to realize before I can tell you the truth and so in a beautiful way I was broken and after that I heard the truth I'm going to pause right there. And so we go back to this story, this whole story of how Jesus fought through this temptation battle. But if you know anything about the series of events, since we're going backwards, let's go back to the very story that comes before this temptation battle. And it's when Jesus was baptized. It's when John baptized Jesus. And so I want to read this, Matthew 3, 13. It's the end of this, path, this chapter. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the, jo- to, to the Jordan to John, to baptize him, Jesus would have prevented him from saying, I need to be baptized by you. Or John would have prevented him him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. So basically John was not trying to baptize Jesus. Like, no, you got to baptize me, Jesus. I'm not worthy. Jesus like, no, we got to do this to, to fall through what's going on. And verse 16 says, and then Jesus was baptized and immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. This is real stuff, people, not just an idea. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Church, we know God loves us, but when was the last time you knew and heard that God is proud of you? That's what I heard on this retreat and it changed my life. In that moment, I was like, I don't need any other recognition. God's proud of me. I know he loves me. Like Jesus loved me this, I know for the Bible tells me, we all know that. But he's also proud of us. He's proud of you. He's proud of you. He cherishes you. He actually is proud of the son and the daughter that you are of his. And I truly believe church, that the reason why Jesus was able to fight back the following pastor of the temptation battle was because he knew who he was and whose he was. Does that make sense? We are most able to fight back temptation when you truly know your identity. And as you saw, the devil tried to hit his identity twice real quick. If you really are the son of God, yeah, I am. Step, get out. I'm done. I got it. I can't tell you, church, the confidence that I have in my life now knowing that I don't need anybody else to be proud of me. It feels cool. Like, it's great. But like, I don't need that is life changing. And so my encouragement today, church, is whether we've gone through these different, you know, different ways to fight back uh, temptation or whatever that is, maybe this part's for you. Maybe you just need to be reminded of who you are and whose you are, because above all else, once your identity is checked, the devil can't really come at you. He's going to try. But if you know and you respond with scripture and truth, the battle's already won. Take that.
boom roasted. I'm just saying, guys, this is real stuff, and I wanted to share that with you. And so we're going to go into another worship song, and um, yeah, you guys can just play whatever you want to play. Um, I was, I was going to control it. I was going to say something, but no, it's good. And I want to just, you know, want you guys to just soak in this time. What song are you going to play? Okay, good. This is a new song. I want to make sure I know. And so if you feel led, yeah, stand up, worship. But I would encourage you to just take this time to just soak and just listen. Listen to the words, sing along if you feel led, that's fine. But maybe take this moment to be like, all right, God, here's my temptation that I've been battling with. Here's my issue. Here you go. Here's my wound. Here you go. Here's my lie. Here you go. And then combat it with the truth. Combat it with the words of this song. Combat it with worship and serving, humbling yourself and letting God do work in your life. So God, we thank you so much for today. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can share together. God, we give you these moments right here and now where we want to experience your Holy Spirit just to change our lives. As we go through this journey, we're not gonna have it all figured out, but God, we know how to fight back. And we know whose we are. God, we are sons and daughters of you. And God, we forget that every single day every single time we fight against temptation, but let us be reminded that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us, that you are in our DNA, God, that we can fight back. So at this time, Lord, I ask you to speak to us. Let us feel your presence and let us worship your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.